Welcome to the podcast that is designed to fuel your success in selling technology solutions. I'm your host, Josh Lopresto, VP of Sales Engineering at Tolaris, and this is Next Level Biz Tech. All right, everybody, welcome to the show. I am your host, Josh Lopresto, SVP of Sales Engineering, and this is the Next Level Biz Tech Podcast. Today, we're talking about mobility. And if you remember, um, this is part in the three-part series. So this is the third section. So section one, we talked with Chris Whitaker, we, who leads out our mobility practice at Tolaris. Part two, um, we talked with Max over at Mettel about their take and their products and how they approach the market. And part three now is where we get to talk to one of our amazing partners. And Let's jump right into that. So uh, today we are talking with Sixplay, and we have joined with us. We have Brad Hope, the GM and principal of Sixplay. Brad, welcome. Thanks for having me, Josh. And we also have Terrence Sang, the director of mobility from Sixplay. Terrence, welcome. Thank you, Josh. Welcome. So um, I, I want to kick it to you, Brad. Um, th this is the part of the show where I like to get dirt on people. I like to hear funny, unique stories of how you got into this space uh, and really who Six Play is. Maybe you can kick that off for us. Yeah, sure. So um, I started in the industry uh, back in 2001. So I've got about 21 years in the industry. Um, started at AT&T as uh, an account manager, uh, pretty much fresh out of college. Well, I had worked uh, managing parking lots before that for, ah. for about three years, um, and I got tired of getting dirty at work. So uh, I, I ended up joining a sales team at AT&T, and I was an account executive, uh, you know, in the greater Chicagoland area. Ultimately, transferred with the company over to San Francisco and did a variety of different roles from sales management to technical sales. Most of my roles were tech, you know, of a technical nature and then ultimately came down to, uh, to San Diego. And right about that time, you know, I, I was getting very, very uh, intimate relationships with my client base. And, uh, you know, I'd known a lot of my customers for, you know, years going, I mean, decades really, you know, or over a decade anyway. And, um, I got to the point where, you know, I didn't necessarily feel that, that, um, the solution that, you know, that AT&T had, um, may be the best option for the customer. And I, I, I didn't like not being able to offer that to the client. So, I think that that was kind of the genesis of it that happened quite a bit. And, um, you know, that kind of, you know, allowed me to really kind of think bigger and, and really uh, decide that I wanted to go independent and be completely carrier agnostic and uh, focus around the clients and then just have, you know, um, a variety of solutions that I could provide that we could provide to the um, to our clients. You know, I think a lot of people kind of start the same way. Mm -hmm. uh, Terrence, I've known him back in those days at AT&T. So uh, he came from, I, I'll let, I don't want to steal his thunder, but I've known, I've known him for a very long time. And that's kind of how we, we ended up, you know, getting together. And, um, but 
if Terrence, you want to transition over yeah. to him? Or... Yeah, no, I, I love it. Sure. I, I love hearing that, right? Where you've, you've worked together with a lot of people before and you kind of learn over time these traits of people that stand out. And it is, it is a cool story. Yeah. It is how a lot of these great partnerships start. And you go, wait a minute, we could do something different. Uh, we we could be on the different side of this thing. So Terrence, yes, let's 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 hear about you, backstories, how you got here, any anything you've done, crazy history, job wise, and where you're at now. Oh, so many crazy things. <laughs> so let me just go ahead and uh, keep that out. <laughs> I'll, I'll limit it. But um, all right. So I'll tell him. I'll end up telling. <laughs> I, I, no, I, 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 told, I told these I'll stories better than him. <laughs> I, I'll do it. Um. So, so I was terrible at selling shoes at Foot Locker in like the year 2000. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I was walking around uh, this this uh, this mall. It's called New Park Mall in Newark, California, uh, where I'm from. And uh, it's in the Bay Area. And um, this this little kiosk that had a singular sign on it was like, hey, you know, do you want to come work here? I was still I still had six months left in high school and I <laughs> and they ended up hiring me. So. It was a it was a cell phone company that was like transitioning from Pacific Bell. The SIM cards actually said Pacific Bell on it, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I was selling I was selling cell phones in a mall for for a good for a good six seven months um, until after I graduated high school and I went to I went to go work at a Verizon uh, Verizon kiosk and then ended up working at AT and T Blue Direct at a retail store in Palo Alto. Um, Palo Alto is like Silicon Silicon Valley heaven that's where a lot of the um you know like the investors like uh are are the yeah the investors are, are located on sand hill road down the street um so i worked at i worked there for a while uh selling at&t text messaging just came out um cameras on cell phones just came out and uh i coined the term you know it's like a laptop in your pocket but it was like literally like you know, the internet looked like roadblocks and stuff. Like yeah, people's pictures yeah. look like roadblocks from the phones. Snake, playing Snake. <laughs> oh, we love Snake. Yeah, yeah. Love snake. It was Snake and all that stuff. That was even before that. That was even before that, right? It was text. Yeah, I was like the text messaging champion nationwide. It was like a weird thing to like claim. I was like, oh my God, I'm so good at selling text messaging. It's, you know, I was like, it's like a silent argument, you know? So it's like, go for it. But, um, you know, I, I saw the world changing a little bit. I went, uh, 9-11 happened. I went to I joined the military, came back, worked at a singular, uh, got rehired. And then, um, you know, went to go manage a location at uh, the Palo Alto location at at and It was like the number one, number one store in the nation. We managed accounts like Lockheed Martin, you know, Sun Microsystems, Cisco. It was, it was all about equipment and chips back then. Um, and then this phone came out, it's, uh, the iPhone, the iPhone came out and uh, our store had, or AT&T had an exclusive on the iPhone. And this is back in the day, 2008, you know, there were, there were like people wrapped around the store, you know, there, there was I heard, for two days. I remember that. Yep. I heard people in New York were getting attacked, you know, for their spot in line. Um, we were selling the phones, you know, we were, you know, with whatever stock that we had. And I saw this uh, gentleman come in um, with with sandals and like a half zip, you know, uh, North Face fleece, and and people pointed him out and was like, "Hey, that's that's Steve Jobs." Oh, I was yeah. like, "What?" <laughs> I was like, "He looks he looks so different than in black and white holding an apple and stuff." Um, but uh, so you know what happened was he came in and tested out the process of of the iPhone 
you know, sales process through AT&T. He was actually buying a prepaid phone uh, for his cousin that was visiting. Um, so we went through the process and, you know, rang him up. And as he left, I was like, you know, I almost had a heart attack because I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, like, that's nuts, right? Wow. So um, so anyways, through that, I went to go work at a marketing uh, division at AT&T and, and national retail you know, managing a district um, of like 50, 50 locations. And then went to the business side. Uh, that's where I met Brad, who, um, who was part of my interview process. He was uh, my technical, uh, he was like my technical consultant, basically like the technical partner mm -hmm. over anything on the wireline side. Uh, we meshed brains together on the wireless wireline side, did really well, um, you know, selling 10 meg fibers when they first came out. So that's really expensive. For like five grand. Uh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> but hard to sell back then. And I, and I was owning the mobility piece and always loved that. always loved that business model. In 2014, um, I decided to jump ship and really follow my entrepreneurial hipster Oakland ways and decided to go uh, become an agent uh, before anybody could tell me that I couldn't. And I went through a couple companies, um, learned, um, things that they did well, learned things that could have been better. And then, um, also realized, you know, Hey, I need to lead on my strengths with mobility. That's when Brad, Brad pulled me in. He said, I know nothing about mobility. I'm an expert at this for 20 years. You're an expert at mobility for 20 years. Let's merge together and let's just focus on what we do. Let's build a company from it. And it's been one of the funnest things because I'm not scratching my head 24 seven, um, you know, I'm focusing on other areas of the business, uh, outside of just the technology that I know, you know, I'm not learning every new technology in Brad's world. He's not learning everything in my world, but we're learning enough to be dangerous. And, uh, yeah, that's awesome. That's, uh, I, I love that story. Uh, it's going to be guy, the guy that sold an iPhone to Steve jobs. It's going to be right hard. Here. You guys, I, we might, we might as well end this at the nine minute mark. I mean, just <laughs> drop the mic right there. That's awesome. And, and met the man from Wu Tang. Oh so, well, yeah. just when you can't. You know what? One Jobs. thing I neglected I to think, mention. I didn't have Wu Tang on the podcast card today. <laughs> Go ahead, Brad. One thing I neglected to mention was, uh, you know, I think what really gave me the confidence. I didn't mention this, but my last, um, my last year at AT and T, I moved over to Channel. Mm. So I was a TSC in Channel. So I got a whole lot of exposure to the agent side, which when you're direct, you don't really get much exposure to how that side operates. And having that year at AT&T um, supporting the channel, I think not only gave me an insight to what are the good agents and the good consulting firms out there doing right, but what are they doing wrong? And um, I think that that in and of itself, that, that jump over to supporting channel gave me the confidence to really, really, you know, uh, make that transition uh, over to this side. Um, so I, you know, and Terrence had already been, I think you were already out by that. You had already been out by that time. Uh, a couple of years, Terrence and I had kept in touch, you know, and so I kind of got to see what he was doing and, you know, what these other companies were doing and, and what they were doing right and maybe not so right. And uh, I think all that together really gave me the confidence to, to take that jump and, it was the best career decision I've ever made for, for sure. Good point. Good point. So let's, let's walk in here, uh, walk through a little bit of an evolution. Let's talk about sure. kind of where it started 
and then uh, we'll, we'll at the end we'll kind of get to where it's going and, and and cover everything in the middle there. So, uh, Terrence, I want to I want to pick on you for a second. I want to talk mm-hmm. about you know take take me back to one of the first mo- mobility deals that you ever sold, right? And 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 what you know hindsight we look back at these things and go, my gosh, how how could we just live with this prehistoric version of technology? Mm-hmm. But in reality, it was the best that we had at the time. And to your point, it was revolutionary and people were lined about the door. So take me back to that, that first mobility deal that you sold. What, what was it? What did it encompass? And, and what was that experience? Wasn't it the iPhone with Steve Jobs? <laughs> <laughs> I go, I go beyond, yeah, way before smartphones. Right. Um, so, so I, if I were to talk about evolution, I would talk about, you know, uh, where I came from and, and it's like, I came from a pager culture. I'm not a doctor. It, and uh, back in the day when you used to get paged, I think even to make a page, you would have to hit up a pay phone or like a family phone or whatever, right? Or work phone. Um, so I didn't have a quarter and a dime when I was in high school to rub together, right? And um, I remember seeing my dad with a with a, a cell phone from Radio Shack, right? Like a StarTech. And I was like, that yes. is so cool, right? So, um, so my, my first deal was... Taking that, taking that into consideration where, you know, I needed my parents to pick me up and couldn't pick me up at the time because I didn't have a quarter and a dime to, you know, rub together. Um, it was, I was at New Park Mall and um, an older gentleman came to look at cell phones and he says, you know, I don't need any bells and whistles. And the bells and whistles weren't apps and text messaging back then. It was basically uh, literally like a little antenna that you put on top of a, a Nokia phone to make it blink and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. I wasn't about that. Um, asked him, you know, wh- why do you need a cell phone? And uh, he says, you know, I just need it for emergencies. And um, I remember, you know, going through some concepts with him of emergency situations. And uh, one of one of the situations that you know I just repeated over and over again was, um, you know, being pulled. You know, what if your car breaks down on a eighty on the side of the road? It's it's a long truck to get to the next payphone and stuff. And and, um, you know, that struck him It's like, Hey, you know what, that's a really good, you know, that that's, that's really good. But even more importantly, um, it's, it's good for, you know, my wife too. I, I wouldn't want her in that situation as well. Uh-huh. So, you know, connecting that mobility piece to like an emergency situation, which I think just really gave the birth, um, to just like the solution oriented mindset of something so primitive at the time. Um, just, just really helped kind of like shape, Hey, this technology could actually help out, good. help out good. people. And it was, it was a lot easier to sell that and to sell them off a of snake <laughs> and to sell them off of like, you know, um, like, I don't know, Chotsky's on phones and all that right. stuff. Right. Um, Brad, I want to, I, I want to move the evolution along here a little bit. I want to talk about, you know, you, you know, you're in, obviously in this brokerage space, you, you talked about how you, you, you like, and, and you've built up six play to give you the ability to, to sell whatever technology solution it is that the customer needs at the end of the day, whether that's wireless, wireline. I mean, obviously we're talking about mobility, but talk to me about now with the technology at your disposal, how has, has being able to broker and sell this technology to the end customer, how has that helped your relationships with your customers evolve? How has it helped your business evolve? Go through that with me. Jeez. I mean, it's, the way our customers perceive us now is so different than they did when we were, when we were direct, you know, we're, um, we're seen as experts in the field. It's, uh, you know, it's, um, it's just really, really increased our, our, um, 
our credibility with the clients. Um, and uh, we're definitely, because we're, ag we're completely agnostic. Um, we just, you know, we just want what's best for the customer. We, we have a mindset of, and it's such a simple thing. If you do what's right for the customer, you'll always, there'll always be another sale. There'll always be another deal. Um, and we're in it for the long game. This is a marathon, not a sprint. That's why the majority of our client base, I, I've known going back into my AT&T days, you know, they, they absolutely loved us. And um, now the relationships are so much deeper. They, they, they love me then being able to sell internet or whatever I was, you know, uh, repping for them. And now they, they see us as true consultants and some, you know, somebody that a company they can go to regardless of what their technology needs are whether it's, you know, wireless or, you know, I guess, wireline, WAN, whatever, uh, whatever their needs are. And um, that really folds into the advisor type of, uh, of a relationship instead of, you know, just being, hey, let, let's call it Brad because we need a circuit. And that, that's, that's all the difference in the world, you know, and that's kind of where I always wanted to be and where, where, you know, when you work direct for a company, they always, kind of coach you to try to be that type of person, but it's, it's nearly impossible to do that when you have to go from this product to this product, you know what I mean? And, and uh, the company that you're working for may not necessarily be the right solution in a given geography or for a specific customer for various different reasons. So good point. Good point. So uh, let's, Let's pivot back here, Terrence. Let me let me call on you for a second. So um, I, I want to get into the mechanics of a specific deal here in just a second. But maybe before we get into that, let's just talk about, you know, from a mobility perspective. Have you seen any success? Is there a specific vertical? Is there a specific customer size type, geo? Anybody that, that, that you think has been more apt to um, adopt this technology as broad as mobility is, or is it, is it really anyone, anybody that, you know, I'll, I'll leave it to you to kind of define that. Um, yeah. So, so I'm, I'm from the Silicon Valley before it was Silicon Valley. You know, I think it was like Sun Microsystems, Cisco, Lockheed Martin. It was, it was chips on chips and, and equipment. Right. And, and then now it's, now it's apps and cloud, you know, Facebook, Google, um, I don't know, Pinterest, like it, everything's, everything's here. Um, so it's really hard for me to just see one vertical. Um, when I was selling specific product sets, you know, you'd focus in like construction for like some type of push to talk, you know, a feature for them to be able to communicate uh, while on the go, while out, while out pressing, you know, pressing buttons. Um, you see, you know, in the trucker industry, you know, for fleet management solutions. Um, but you know, now it's just, it's just any company that utilizes any type of app, whether it's for punching time cards on their phone or, you know, basically developing their own applications or testing out their equipment or vehicles, electronic vehicles, um, all verticals are starting to really collapse and, and just really needing mobility, oh, yeah. all things. So it's, it's really hard for me to put a finger on like one specific vertical to go after because um, everyone, everyone will benefit. Now it's like, it's really just, uh, one thing that I, I've seen that's changed on, on my approach is, uh, approaching them with the, you know, the, 
the flavors of all the different carriers. Um, because at that point, you know, they're not like leaning on just one carrier for being uh, budgetary or, or, you know, massively, you know, advertised, right. They're, they're looking for somebody that's going to be able to talk them through, you know, what applications they're using uh, and devices that fit that model and stuff. So, and this goes from anything from smartphones to tablets, hotspots, cradle points to uh, the internet of internet of things as well. So, yeah, I have good. So, so then let's, let's jump into, uh, I always like to, to walk people through an example, a situation an an opportunity that you worked with a customer on and walk me through, a situation, a, a, a customer that you worked with, what did they have before? What was the business problem that you solved and what what solution ultimately got put in place and why? The thing about IoT, Josh, Internet of Things, is that uh, you can put a SIM card in almost anything nowadays. Um, now, I'll tell you a little bit about, about that and then I'll, I'll tell you about, you know, uh, one deal that it's a smaller deal and a, a client that we work with in the past, but I was technically trained um, 15, 17 years ago, maybe. Uh, and I went through a program called AT&T Denim. And there was this real extravagant, you know, uh, uh, instructor. I love the guy, but he was, you know, talking about, think about this 15 years ago. You know what I mean? This is T1 era was big mm-hmm. stuff. And uh, he was talking about putting, um, you know, having a refrigerator connected to the internet. And I, I was like, this guy's insane. I mean, this is literally what I'm thinking. I'm like, this guy, this guy has lost his mind. Why would anybody want the refrigerator or, you know, their thermostat connected to the internet? And if we look around, I mean, just at the devices that are connected in this room that I'm sitting in, there's got, there's probably eight devices, you know, and most of my devices are in the other room. So, you know, what if we talk about a deal like there, there's one that I really, really love to talk about. We um, we were working with a, a client. I'm not going to mention the name. And this goes this goes this goes back a ways, you know, where they um, what they did is they did vending vending machines. Um, they restocked vending machines and um, they would send, you know, people out on a truck roll once so once every you know week i think it was probably once every week you know and they would stock you know they would stock you know sodas and and uh as we say in the midwest pop they would they would stock they would stock uh pop and and candy bars and chips and all this stuff And and the inventory was never right you know what i mean it was it was always wrong they tried to forecast it um it it was always wrong they would bring too much coke and then they wouldn't bring you know so um it was always a miss. It was always a miss. And I remember just talking to the, it it was their VP of IT and we were talking about network or internet or whatever. And uh, that just got brought up. It just, you know, we were just kind of talking about their business. What are some of the problems with it? And I was just really interested. I wasn't necessarily going to pull a solution into it. We were just having a conversation and that got brought up. And then I brought that, you know, to some technical colleagues that I had, And before I knew it, we had, you know, created a solution using Internet of Things to connect these these, you know, vending machines to a system that could track inventory. Mm -hmm. And once you're tracking inventory, you could get very intelligent about what you're, you know, about what you're selling and what you're bringing to, you know, uh, to these stops. And 
after after those solutions, it took a while to implement the solutions because it the customer just wasn't kind of understanding exactly yeah. how this technology would work. But we did get the sale, and after after that um, after that sale was made, I mean, it increased their 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 uh, their overall sales by like thirty or forty percent because they were stocking the right things because they could only forecast so far. Um, you know, some, maybe one week a guy wanted a Dr Pepper, or he you know he gave up Coke for for Lent or whatever, right? And things were their inventory was always changing, so it was almost impossible to forecast. But I always I always remember that one. And the the thing that I love about IoT and designing networks is it really brings a create it, it takes the commoditization the commodity out of of this of this world that we live in. And it, it brings this element of creativity into it and thinking and, and how can we solve this business problem? And there's a lot of ways to solve business problems, you know, with IOT. I mean, smart meters, connected cars. I mean, everything is connected nowadays. So um, what that can do to a customer's bottom line is, is, I mean, it's, it's significant and, and that's, and it's fun. It's, it's really fun to have those conversations. Yeah. Good, you know? good, good example too. And it, you know, it's, it's, it seems like now it's been such a common theme of the guests that we've had on this show where we're just here to talk about this technology, what it specifically does, what problem it solved. And it's been a few times now that people have indirectly increased sales, increased revenue, all these unexpected amazing added benefits uh, that, that, have, that have really helped our partners enable their customers and their businesses to be more successful. So I'd love that. Um, awesome example. Thanks for sharing that one. Yeah, absolutely. So final thoughts here as we wrap, um, Brad, I'm going to go to you first. I want to, you know, you, you brought up what it was and then the idea of uh, how crazy it'd be to have something like that connected to the internet, knowing what you know now, focusing so heavy in this space, um, you know, your, your perspective of what do the next couple of years look like? And then Terrence, I'll go to you next. So Brad, your thoughts. I mean, I, I just, you know, with this migration away from these TDM legacy copper based services, um, and going, I mean, the carriers nowadays, they are literally pushing customers out of these services and, and they, I've been hearing this for years, you know, um, that, that they were going to shut down by 2020 or whatever. Now they're really doing it. Yeah. So um, we are completely going to, you know, optics and mobility for, for pretty much everything. And I, I feel like, you know, the, the internet has just revolutionized everything. And there, you know, we're coming to a point where every single, almost every single thing that you interact with on a daily basis you know, is going to be connected to the internet for some various reason. Um, and I think that COVID really kind of, um, you know, pushed some of this technology faster than ever. Um, you know, it, it almost forced people to adopt the various technologies that they may have been resistant to adopt in the past. Um, you know, we're, you know, on a podcast, we're talking over Zoom. Um you know, I know a lot of people that just would never, you know, be using this type of technology had COVID not happened, but COVID forced them um, to do it. So I, I, I really think that 
that COVID has changed, you know, the, the um, it's really accelerated uh, the adopting of, of, you know, various technologies, mobile technologies. And I just, I feel like we're literally jumping ahead and, and um, we're so much farther ahead than we would have been had COVID not happened, you know? And um, yeah, I, I just, I feel like mo mobility is, is, is everything. I mean, that's where all the investments are, are going. Um, there's uh, 5G is going to change the landscape with, with data speeds. And uh, you know, it's really gonna, it's, it's ultimately it may eliminate the, the need for anything being connected via, via physical line, yeah. you know? Okay. So it's, it's going to be, it's going to be an interesting next four or five years. Good, good points. Terrence, uh, any final thoughts, anything to add into that? If you look into the, the little crystal ball that, that you got there? No, I, I completely agree with Brad. Uh, during the pandemic, I, I, I was volunteering at a, at a local church here in Oakland, uh, age range 70 years on average. Yeah. Uh, called the internet, the text messaging, text messaging was the internet. They were all the same thing. I don't text message. I was like, no, the world wide web. I'm trying to connect your computer. Um, but, uh, volunteering with them, I mean, they had to pivot or also like churches were shutting down if they could right. pivot to like an online platform. So, um, I was there, helped them pivot and, and still helping them till this day working on a transition, but um, but yeah, I'm just seeing 70 year olds adopt this and, and, and it's starting to spark these things. Like what Brad said, it's, it's become more of a utility now. And, 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 you know, when I write, when I ride, um, our subway, which is called the BART out here, uh, when I used to go into San Francisco, I used to just, it was the quietest BART ride, but it was packed like, sorry, you know, we're packed like sardines in there. Cause everybody was looking at their cell phones. Everybody had, you know, uh, ear, you know, headphones plugged in. And if I were to snapshot that and then fast forward it um two years uh i feel i feel responsible that you know we're going to be living inside our phones right and the metaverse is coming and um you know people are buying property in this like virtual world and to be connected to, the, to that virtual world wherever you are you're going to need some type of mobile connection to do that you know and 5g is just going to be that backbone that pushes that availability to where, you know, Brad and I could, you know, work in the same virtual office while I'm in Hawaii and he's in, you know, Tahiti or something like that. So um, I just see that, you know, us investing into social media, that's like a little form of this like virtual reality persona. And it's just going to get more, you know, apparent and, and mobility is going to be the thing that, that pushes that and houses it. Um, Fortunately and unfortunately. Yeah. Good, good stuff. And, and, uh, you know, just seeing some of that, it's these, it's these little things. It's very iterative, right? There's never this massive, massive thing. Cause then everybody, there'd be massive outcry and it wouldn't adopt. So you have to, you know, you have that technology curve, the, the bleeding edge, the cutting edge, the, and at the very end, kind of the laggards. And then, uh, you know, it's, it's very eye opening, right? We talk about mobile devices proliferating. I mean, just seeing simple things where we didn't know we needed, now on Amazon, when I'm looking at the app, I'm on my phone and I can say, view this in my room. Like, think about the, the revenue that that increases. Think about the, the happiness, the customer satisfaction. I mean, just it's all those little things. So I love, uh, I, I love you guys have brought some, some, some cool stories. Uh, we, we sincerely appreciate the partnership. Uh, Terrence, thanks so much for being on. I appreciate you coming on today, sir. 
Thank you. Brad, uh, as always, our Midwest roots. It's always good to catch up. Appreciate you being on the show as well, my friend. Yeah, thanks for having us. Really appreciate it, Josh. Always, uh, always a pleasure to spend time with you. Awesome. Okay, everybody, that wraps us up for this week. I'm your host, Josh Lopresto, SVP of Sales Engineering at Polaris. And that wraps up Next Level Biz Tech Podcast. Stay tuned for next week. Thanks, everybody. Next Level Biz Tech has been a production of Tolera Studio 19. Please visit Tolaris.com for more information.